show. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast, powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your host, Ryan O'Leary and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. Well, John, as you've told me many, many times this season doing the podcast, there's never a normal week for the Saints, and this week wasn't normal either. We'll get into all of that, but after 17 weeks, the Saints are 12-4. and They win every division game. They play more than half the season without Michael Thomas. They were without Drew Brees for four games, and here they are, number two seed, real favorable matchup here in the wild card round of the playoffs. It's hard to really feel... You know, it's, it's hard to be too upset with where the Saints are at entering the playoffs. But Happy New Year to you, my man, and how you doing? Yeah, man, we're doing great. Um, you know, it would have been nice to get that number one seed, but the Saints did, did their part. Um, uh, the Bears could not uh, come through, and now we get to punish them for it. So it should, <laughs> exactly. should be a fun, uh, it should, it should be a fun uh, super wild card round weekend, uh, whatever weird branding the NFL is rolling out for it. For it. But, yeah, look, looking forward to it. Um Hopefully we'll have Alvin Kamara here in the fold with the Saints this weekend. Yeah, there's no doubt. And that's where we should start, obviously. And an interesting week for Alvin Kamara. He scores six rushing touchdowns on Christmas Day. He gets fined for wearing uh, red and green cleats. And then a couple days later, the entire running back room for the Saints are, are ruled out after Kamara tests positive for COVID-19. Obviously, he doesn't play against the Panthers. And it was really sketchy there, John, for a while. It didn't seem like... He might be available for the playoffs either since he was a positive test. If the Saints were to play on Saturday, he would not have been available. But since the game is on Sunday in this in the late afternoon slot, he could be available, but he's got to remain asymptomatic, right? He's going to have to remain away from the team for the entire week. So they're not going to have Kamara at all in the facility. He's going to be away until game day. Uh, so this is a tricky situation. Not like the Saints haven't navigated tricky situations all freaking season long, right? Uh, but what do you make of this Kamara situation? You know, especially with the news breaking. Kind of, he comes off the highest of high, right? That Christmas Day game. It comes crashing down to earth. The Saints are left without a running back room, really, going into this game. Ty Montgomery really stepped up. And, you know, and Taysom Hill and all these guys. But what do you make about this whole situation? And, and what do you think about Kamara's chances of actually suiting up against the Bears in this playoff game? Man, it was just so disappointing that we're at such an important part of, point in the season. And there's so much on the line. And there's, the stakes are so high. And your best player gets pulled out, pulled out because he caught COVID. Um, you know, I'm not going to speculate on how that happened or what what he may have been doing or whatever breach of protocols may have happened. I, we we just don't know. Uh, it's, it's just disappointing that, that that's all you can really say about it. Um, and hope that he, you know, takes care of himself during this uh, mandated 10 day quarantine and that he can return to action on Sunday. Um, and we're very fortunate that the Saints play on Sunday instead of Saturday because of when his uh, 10-day quarantine window opened. Um, he'll be eligible to return on Sunday, uh, January 10th, the day of the game with the Bears. If the Saints were playing on Saturday, January 9th, there's no way he gets it there. Mm. Because they get that extra day, that extends the window just a little bit to where he'll have an opportunity to get on the field. Now that it isn't a total sure thing. It's contingent on Kamara remaining healthy, uh, remaining asymptomatic, and testing negative for several days leading into that tenth and final day uh, for him to get for him to receive medical clearance so that he can join the team 
before the wild card round. So hopefully that's going to happen. I mean, you know, fingers crossed, knock on wood, uh, do, do whatever you need to do. Um, don't open an umbrella indoors. Whatever good luck charms St. Fins have in their back pocket, that now's the time to use it. You know, hopefully we can get him in there. And, you know, you mentioned Tom Montgomery's big day. Shouts out to him. Uh, that, he had 105 rushing yards on the day. That is just the second time in his NFL career he's run for over 100 yards in a single game. Um, so Montgomery came through in a, in a big in a big spot, and the Saints were very fortunate to have him because, that, you know, after the first quarter, he was their only healthy running back after the undrafted rookie Tony Jones Jr. was pulled from the game um, with, a, with a head injury. So – We'll see where things go next. Go next. I really like the matchup with the Bears. Yeah, no, I know. I do too. And, and Montgomery was, uh, you know, what a story. I mean, I, that's been so Saints all year, John, right? I mean, you go into the game with Montgomery, who's a former receiver. He's played plenty of running back in his career too. But you basically, you're down, like you said, you're down to Montgomery and Taysom Hill. And as a team, you still rush 30 times for 156 yards. You average over five yards per carry. And that's kind of been the Saints' M.O. all year, right? They've been, they kind of get dealt a crap hand, whether it's partly their fault or not. And then they just find a way to overcome it. And you could potentially get back Kamara, Michael Thomas. They were without Gardner Johnson, right? There's this whole list of players they could get back this week. Hopefully they do. I would love to see the Saints at full strength for a change, John. I mean, that would be a kind of a – I mean, wouldn't it be nice for them to just get their whole lineup, their whole contingent out there fully functioning? I, I don't even know if Breeze has thrown a pass to Michael Thomas since week one. I, I'm sure there's a stat out there that they've barely played four quarters of football together all year. It would be fun to have the full uh, lineup. Ten quarters of football. They, it's they, been they, They've had exactly ten quarters, ten quarters. of football out of the uh, – you know, the Saints have played 66 quarters of football, and Breeze and Thomas have been on the field for 10 of them. Yes, so, so the Saints are the second-best team in the <laughs> NFC. I think there's definitely a Super Bowl contender, but can we just get the full lineup out there? Like, that would be kind of fun. Yeah, um, the Bears are a good matchup for the Saints because they've beaten them before. Um, they, they've beaten them a lot. Uh, the Bears have not beaten the Saints uh, since 2008. They have not beaten the Saints in New Orleans since before Sean Payton was hired to coach the team. So this is, a, this is an opponent that the Saints know well. Uh, they've beaten them in, you know, three of the, they've played each other in three of the last four years. The Saints have won each time. Mitchell Trubisky is one of the more limited quarterbacks you'll see in the NFL these days. So he's someone that the defense knows how to counter, knows how to prepare for. Um, they know how, how to put him under pressure and kind of take care of him. What concerns me is the Bears' defense. And that's kind of been the story for them all along. And, you know, they've They've got a very strong pass rush up front. The issue is the pass, the pass rush they have may not be what's best suited to attacking the Saints. They don't blitz very often. They typically only send three or four rushers at a time, and that's not enough to beat Drew Brees on most days. It was enough to beat Taysom Hill a few years ago, but I think we all know the difference between Taysom Hill and Drew Brees right now. So I like the matchup there. I can see a, a scenario where the Bears can kind of get the jump on the Saints in much the same way that the Vikings did in the playoffs last year, where they had a star running back and a very underrated at the time running back in Dalvin Cook or David Montgomery now come out of the gates with his hair on fire and run all over the defense, get the Saints flat-footed, and force Drew Brees to play catch-up in the face of a strong pass rush. There's a scenario where the Bears can win this, this game. However, if you just look at it uh, position by position, look, look at the individual matchups, the Saints should pull off a victory here. And like you said, they, they've been without so much star talent this season. They're, they're without Alvin Kamara right now. They've been without 
uh, Michael Thomas. They've been out. They've been without Drew Brees, and they've just been so resilient this year that it's hard to believe that it's all going to fall apart at this point. I'd be stunned. So, so much to get to. We'll get into the line, what the betting public feels about the this Bears Saints matchup coming up. And then I wanted to get into another big kind of storyline I don't think we're all surprised about, but there was one big storyline that we should get to as well. We'll get into all that coming up next. It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire. Hello, I'm Esther McLaren, joined by Jeff Clark of SportsbookWire.com and BetSlip and Podcast. The wild card round is here. We have six-game playoffs late in the NFL this week. Jeff, I can't wait. We're going to tee up the Baltimore Ravens and the Tennessee Titans. BetMGM Sportsbook has this pegged as a three-and-a-half-point line. Baltimore Ravens, road favorites, plus 100 to cover and win by four. Yeah, I'm on the road favorites. I'll lay the three and a half. They're better on two sides of the ball, uh, special teams and defense. They have a better coach or a more experienced coach with a championship pedigree. And I don't see Lamar Jackson going 0-3 versus the Tennessee Titans. I want the Titans plus three and a half. That's too big for me. They can keep this within a field goal. Derrick Henry coming into the playoffs in excellent form. Ryan Tannehill, an excellent season. And two great receivers there in A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. Titans stay within three. I'll give the winning edge to the Ravens. As we kind of go into the playoffs here, I think, obviously, we wanted to end the season, you know, continuing to ascend. Um, And I think for me, just continuing to feel healthier and more comfortable each and every week, you know, coming off my injury. Um, I know we get Mike Thomas back. Um, you know, I think the last three weeks being down have been great for him. Um, and, you know, we'll we'll just take it one step at a time here. Um, but bottom line is we know that in order to play our best, in order to achieve the goals that we want to achieve, um, we've got to have the same approach each and every week with our preparation, with our work habits, um, and everything that we do. We don't just show up and play. Um, and we put that time, effort, um, and sense of urgency in throughout the week so that we can get the result we want on Sundays. Saints quarterback Drew Brees and another storyline that is picking up steam here, John, heading into the postseason is that this will, it's it's expected to be Brees' last hurrah, right? This is going to be his last Super Bowl run. We know he has an offer on the table to join the NBC Sports broadcast booth after signing a contract with the network last offseason. There's been a lot of speculation about, you know, when's Brees going to hang it up? And I think... The timing for me kind of feels right. What was it? He either broke or fractured 11 of his ribs. He had a collapsed lung. He's playing through it. The succession plan is kind of in place. We know Taysom Hill's been waiting in the wings. He got some starts this year. He, he looks good. Like, I think next year, if Breeze were to walk away, whether they win the Super Bowl or not, the team's going to be in a good spot to continue competing. So the timing feels like it's right, but it doesn't make it any... It's going to make. It's going to be sad when Drew Breeze finally does hang it up, right, John? And even if it is at the end of this season. Yeah, you know, we always get this Sunday morning splash report from Adam Schefter at ESPN, and this, this one wasn't that surprising um, in the sense that the writing has been on the wall for quite some time now that this is the end of the road for Drew Breeze. Uh, he, he's all but said it himself. Uh, Breeze has talked so often this year about you know, knowing that, hey, he's not going to have many more bites at the apple and that he doesn't have a lot of time left in to, to this league. And he, he's kind of looking forward to the next stage in life, you know, um, spending more time with his kids, starting a career with NBC. So 
man, it, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, Saints fans, we're, we're going to be on our heels about this one. <laughs> um, no doubt. You know, it, it's going it's going to be a huge uh, page turn page turn in the history of the New Orleans Saints and. Oh, man, you, you just have to hope that they've finally put together the team. They finally found the right combination to go all the way, get that second Super Bowl ring, and send Breeze and who knows who else out with a title. You know, the, the stakes have—I I, want to say the stakes have never been higher, but we've been in the situation for several years now. Um, it's, it's the same as it was last year. Breeze was expected to retire after the last season. The Saints didn't know until March if he was coming back or not. Um, he was telling the NFC roster at the Pro Bowl um, there in Orlando that, hey, this is it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not expecting to come back after this. And he ended up changing his mind a few, a few months later. So it, we're, we're very close to it being a wrap. Um, th- th- there will be many books to write about Drew Brees' legacy in New Orleans and what he's meant to the, to the city and the fan base. Um, for now, all eyes are on whether he and his teammates can go out and pull up a a second title run. And that would be special. I mean, of all the of all the really great passers in our lifetime, John, that we've watched and grown up watching, I mean, Breeze, for him to only have one title right now seems like a crime, right? And I think there's another guy, you know, the team that the Saints might face down the road, the team, the guy that's quarterbacking the number one seed, Aaron Rodgers, he's another one who only has one title. And these are guys that it'd be a crime if they finished their careers with only one. I mean, I think both of them have had chances and various things have happened uh but you think back to that i mean i remember watching that colts saints super bowl in 2009 and peyton manning and the colts i mean that team was just loaded i think they were breaking records left and right and they were won 14 games in the regular season and for the saints to win that game for for breeze to get the mvp i mean you just thought you know the saints might they might start winning super bowl after super bowl at that point and it just didn't it just didn't really happen so you know speaking of the fields if the saints could go out on top and get him a second one i mean how fitting would that be that would just be tremendous it would and it would do a lot to you know tie, tie this over for what what's going to be a difficult offseason when you look at the salary cap and the veterans who might be cut and all all the changes that are coming for the New Orleans Saints over the next few months um having all of that against the backdrop of finally winning that oh so elusive second Super Bowl title, uh, man, it would just be such a different tone shift than to come up short yet again. Hopefully they can pull it off. Um, I, I think they uh, they believe they put together the right uh, combination of players and coaches and front office and everything, everything together. And you know, if you go back and look at their best games this year, I think they can beat they they can beat any team anywhere. It, on any day in, in this league. Um, we saw it when, when they dropped uh, 38 points on Brady on Sunday night. The condolences about that. <laughs> uh, we, we, we saw it whenever they took Aaron Rodgers uh, down to the wire um, in, in New Orleans earlier this season. You know, th- this is a team that has plays a style of football that travels well. You know, They play with good defense. They play with a dominant offense. Um, I really hope we get to see them go all the way because, you know, it's just going to be so disappointing if they can't. Um, my favorite stat about this, the Saints have won more games in their last four seasons put together than in any other four-year stretch in team history. Um, we are in the golden age of Saints football right now. And to not come away with that without a Super Bowl win, it's, 
it, it sucks to say, but you can't look at that as anything but a failure. Yeah, I agree. And you and you said, you know, hopefully the pieces are finally in place for the team. I, I think when you look at it as a whole, this is a down year for the NFC, right? I mean, you got two teams that are in the playoffs with non-winning records and other teams like the Rams and Seattle. I mean, these some of these teams are just kind of, you know, they're super flawed. I mean, I mean, you look at the Saints and Green Bay. We've been talking about them as a two-team race for the NFC title all along. I think you got to include the Bucks, but are, are Saints fans afraid of the Bucks at this point? I mean, I don't know. I, I think it's setting up pretty well where it would definitely be a failure if the Saints aren't in the NFC title game, at least. I think you got to be in the Final Four. Certainly. And, you know, the Saints have been, have been talking Super Bowl or bust for 10 years now, but this is the first time that it really feels like uh, the, the end of the road is here. And they've got to go the distance. They've got to send Breeze out with that second Super Bowl ring. And I really feel like that would, you know, it, it would be a lot of things. But if nothing else, it would be a symbolic transition to the, the next you know, chapter in Saints uh, franchise history. The Saints, when you look at the betting line here, the Saints are favored by nine and a half at home. The totals at 47 and a half. The Bears money line is plus 360. So all this suggests a wild card mismatch from the betting public, right? This is what it is. It's it's a number two seed versus a number seven seed. And really the Saints are massive favorites in this game. It, it feels like it should be a, a Saints win. I want to say that, oh, we should take the over. The fans are going to steamroll the, uh, the Bears. Um, but then I think back to the Vikings game last year, and the Saints were favored by nine in, in that matchup. Mm-hmm. And look what happened. Uh, they, they, they lost a close game in overtime. And so it's tough to rule out any opponent in the playoffs. You, you certainly won't take the date in this case against Trubisky because, <laughs> you know, the, the, let's think about it. How do the Bears get to, uh, I don't know, 20, 26 points in this game? I just can't see it happening, right? I mean, they're, they've they've turned it around on offense, which is kind of funny. So early in the season when they were 5-1 and one and they were kind of rolling al- along in the NFC, they were doing it on defense and their offense completely sucked, right? They bench Trubisky, they bring in Foles, they bench Foles, they bring in Trubisky. They're doing that thing. They can't figure out the offense. And now all of a sudden, because of, I think they played kind of a favorable schedule here down the stretch, you can't discount that. Their offense has been putting up points, but now the defense is kind of not holding up its end. Now, could they put it all together and, and give the Saints a battle? Absolutely. I think that's that's possible. But for me, it's like, man, I, I don't I don't know how the Bears get there. If they, if they do, the Saints are, man, there'd be a lot of finger pointing. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, the Bears defense, like you said, they, they've kind of stepped back a bit in, re- in recent games. Um, and they lost a big piece with Roquan Smith. Uh, I believe he was injured in Week 17, so we'll have to wait and see if he's available. As well as their top cornerback, uh, Jalen Johnson. He's day-to-day. They don't know if he'll be available. Um, he's, he's been a really impactful rookie for them. He leads the team in passes defense, despite having only played 13 games. Um, if the Saints do get Michael Thomas back this week, as they anticipate, he would be a really nice piece to have opposite Kyle Fuller there at cornerback. And so that would limit what the Saints can, can do with their receivers. So the injury report, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see over the course of the week. It'll be fascinating to see uh, what kind of reinforcements the Saints get. I mean, we've talked a lot, indeservedly, about Michael Thomas and about Alvin Kamara. But look at some of the, you know, the the, the B-list guys on the roster. Look at Deontay Harris. Look at C.J. Gardner-Johnson on defense, uh, who has also been on the COVID list, but he's hopeful to return. So, you know, in, in, in the perfect world, the Saints get back all of the pieces. They drop 40 points on the Bears. They exercise. Some more demons against the Bears from the awful 2006 uh, playoff loss. And we, we keep chugging on and move on to next week. But 
Well, you know, we'll see how it goes, man. Uh, the Saints, they, they've had such weird, such uh, luck in the playoffs lately, um, so many painful exits that I really don't want to rule anything out. I don't blame you. And that, and that's why you bring great balance to the show, John. All we could say is we hope SpongeBob <laughs> we, <laughs> we hope SpongeBob is dancing in the Saints' favor and not the Bears' favor uh, this weekend. That's all. Yeah, we that say. would be great. Um, yeah, yeah. My, my 11-year-old is stoked for the, uh, the, the Nickelodeon simulcast we're getting with um, CBS uh, bar- bar- partnering up for this game. So it should, it should be fun. I should be watching that in another room, though. I'll, I'll be checking the CBS with, with Tony Romo and Jim Nance. Um, she can go watch uh, the other podcast with, Spon- with uh, SpongeBob and Patrick. It would have been interesting watching you try to cover the game with the Nickelodeon thing, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Well, maybe maybe another time. Maybe a regular season game that's uh, less important. Uh, but Bears, Saints, Sunday, it's that 440 Eastern time slot, thankfully, on Sunday. So uh, Alvin Kamara has a chance. We'll see if the Saints can get all their people back. Oh, man, let's just see. Let's see, John, if we can just get one normal week where things don't go freaking off the rails for the Saints going into a major game. <laughs> that, that, that has to be the hope, man. It's got a nice week of preparation then going to Sunday, uh, firing with full cylinders. We'll be back next week to break down Saints-Bears. We'll catch you then. This USA Today Sports Podcast has been presented by USA Today's Sports Media Group and is available in your favorite podcast store. Make sure to subscribe for weekly updates, the latest fantasy picks from Corey Bonini, and the Huddle Podcast, Inside the Weekly Line, with Sportsbook Wire's Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren, and the Bet Slippin' Podcast. We'll see you again next week.